Welcome to Western New York Catholic Weekly, a production of the Office of Communications for the Catholic Diocese of Buffalo. Stay tuned as Greg Prince brings the Catholic newsmakers to you. Wherever it's happening in the diocese, you'll hear about it on Western New York Catholic Weekly. You may remember in the early part of the year at uh, an event at St. Joseph Cathedral in downtown Buffalo, two of our Western New York bishops got together, including our own bishop, Richard J. Malone, but uh, also the bishop of the Episcopal Diocese of Western New York joined him, and I'm pleased to have both bishops on our program today, the bishop of the Episcopal Diocese of Western New York, of course, Bishop R. William Franklin. Bishop Franklin, welcome to the program. Well, thank you very much. It's a great honor to be here with Bishop Malone and talking with you about our ministries together in Western New York. And Bishop Malone, welcome back to the program. If you don't mind, uh, uh, I'm going to start with the guest, right? Isn't that what mom taught us? We should the guests first, always, right? Always, <laughs> you always do it well. Uh, Bishop Franklin, uh, you know, obviously this programs coming in the, from the perspective of our Catholic diocese yes. here in Western New York. And, and some of our listeners may not be as familiar with okay. the Episcopal Diocese. So just give us a little bit of background about the Episcopal Diocese. Well, the Episcopal Diocese, it, it makes up seven counties in Western New York. So we overlap with seven of your eight counties. We are not overlapping in one county. We have 60 parishes, which stretch from the outskirts of Rochester down to Jamestown, Niagara Falls, and Buffalo. And uh, we are organized very similar to the Catholic Church. There's a bishop, priests, deacons, a laity. Uh, we hold a great deal of our faith in common. We uh, were part of the tradition of the Church of England, which was part of the Catholic Church until the Reformation. And then at the time of the American Revolution, the Episcopal Church uh, declared its independence from the Church of England, but we've always been in full communion with the Church of England. And we have been in Western New York for a long time. I, our oldest parish uh, was founded in 1812. Uh, our diocese was founded in 1838. Before that, all of New York State was a diocese, but we were founded as a separate Diocese in 1838, and we've been here since. Uh, our, so our histories do kind of overlap similar a little so. bit, you know, uh, in terms of our time and scope. You know, one thing that I uh, ask, and I don't want to get through the program because we want to talk about specifically a couple of the uh, joint letters that you you've both released, joint pastoral statements. But one thing I ask priests when they come on our program a lot of the time, and we've done the same thing with, with Bishop Malone, is a little bit about their vocation. What made them go into priesthood? What made them interested? in church ministry. Would you care to share your perspective on well, that? Well, I have an unusual vocational history. That's why I like I, to ask, I, you I know. Think which uh, in many ways prepared me for this ministry here. Most of my career, I've been a lay person and an academic. And a majority of that time, as an Episcopalian, I've taught in Roman Catholic institutions. First, St. John's University in Collegeville, Minnesota, the great Benedictine Abbey and university there. I taught in the School of Theology there. But then I also taught for five years at the Pontifical Angelicum University in Rome. That was a great honor to be in Rome, to work as part of our Anglican delegation to the Holy See, but also to teach there. So a long period as an academic, but I felt a strong call 
to the priesthood when Trinity Church in Boston, Bishop Malone's city, uh, said to me, Professor Franklin, why aren't you a priest? We would like you to think about becoming a priest. And I felt this profound call to the priesthood. So I was elected as a bishop only five years after becoming wow. a priest. So, I, so that is, I mean, that is unusual, it's right? It's a very Even in unusual your, story. Yeah, yeah. But I think part of our work together, which I love and is so important, I think comes out of this long period working in Roman Catholic institutions, but also teaching Roman Catholic theology and uh, being particularly close to the Benedictine tradition in the Roman Catholic Church, uh, which is so important to me and was so important in my life at St. John's in Collegeville. Collegeville was the place where the liturgical movement really began in the Roman Catholic Church in the United States. It was a place where liturgy and social justice were seen to be so connected, really a very visionary institution that... uh, prepared the way in many ways for the Second Vatican Council. So I was blessed to teach there when I started out with a generation of monks who had really been part of the Vatican II era and had the, the abbot had been at Vatican II and some of the monks who had been theologians at Vatican II. So that was a great privilege of my life. Uh, bishop William Franklin is the bishop of the Episcopal Diocese of Western New York and he joins us on Western New York Catholic Weekly along with our own bishop of the Catholic Diocese of Buffalo, uh, Bishop Richard Malone. And so so Bishop Malone, you you two share a bit of a, a you know a, a love and a, and a background in education teaching, you know, um, particularly at that that seminary level, the theological level as well. Tell us a little bit about how the two of you met and uh, you, you know here in Western New York. Well, we, we've tried to uh, to remember with accuracy exactly how that <laughs> occurred. But Bishop Franklin's memory in particular, and I think it very, comes very close to the fact, is that uh, since we're neighbors, um, we're about a four-minute walk from each other. And I walked my dog regularly around the block, and he seems to remember that uh, I was walking my dog across his lawn. Oh, it was in, it was in, in that it context happens. that we you know, met. It happens. And yeah. as I as I said recently in another group, uh, ever since I found that out, I moved the dog very quickly across that <laughs> lawn. <laughs> but he's a lovely dog. Well, but whatever it is, though, we have uh, begun working together as two bishops here in this area. And by the area, I don't just mean Buffalo, of course. Right. Uh, But, I mean, we both mean Western New York. That is our particular uh, portion of the vineyard that we share. And in the process of doing some work together for – really for the the sake of the coming of God's kingdom, God's kingdom of justice and peace and reconciliation here, we've in the process, thanks to God's grace, become friends as well. And we both uh, cherish that. Well, that's the direction really and why why we had you in today and it's some of what you addressed uh, together at uh, St. Joseph Cathedral in the first part of the year as well. Um, At what point – I guess my my first question would be, you know, at what point did this idea kind of come together in terms of – because the the impetus for the – at least the first pastoral statement that you released was this notion of – we can call it whatever you want. You can call it the Buffalo Renaissance. You can call it economic revival here, whatever whatever it it might be. Um, How did that get the two of you thinking about doing something with regard to that? Sure, Greg. Actually, it was back in uh, late 2014. We were in a conversation one day about, as you say, really celebrating this Buffalo Renaissance, as so many people call it, 
and truly saying this is a wonderful development after decades of uh, depression, not only economic, but actually people depressed about the situation. And we were celebrating that new hope. And then it occurred to both of us early on in that conversation that while it's a time of hope for some, and that's good, it's not a time of hope for many others. Uh, many of the people who live in our area, um, for example, do not uh, have confidence that maybe these new jobs that are going to be opening up in the, in the years ahead will be available to them. And uh, we decided that we needed to, together, to address our communities of faith and uh, express exactly that point. Yes, let's celebrate these. You know, everyone talks about all the construction going on and the cranes. This is all good. But let's make sure we, we speak. Not that we have all the answers to it at all, believe me. But that we raise the question about uh, not becoming uh, insulated in our thinking. That we have to make sure this new hope of a renaissance becomes real for others who perhaps are not swept up in it at all at this point. Well, Bishop Franklin, you I mean, you had mentioned you know near near the beginning of the program talking about just the Episcopal Church in general and the key component that social justice is. Right, absolutely. I think that the reason we can say, well, the dog Timon brought us together, <laughs> but it was really our faith brought us together, I think. As we got to know one another and developed a friendship, we said, you know, if we began to show our unity and the unity of our people, that would be important at a time when we felt, even back then, our country needed signs of unity. This was after Ferguson. This was after the Staten Island incident and other things going on. And we thought, this is amazing. We could, as bishops, stand for the fact that our people are close. And that is based on our faith in Jesus Christ above all and our commitment to the scriptural vision of God's kingdom and the fact that our two churches have been on a path of coming closer together since Vatican II. We've had an official dialogue of our two churches that's led to a lot of theological agreement. Not everywhere, you know that, but in many areas. So it's our faith, and I think the common teaching of social justice of our two churches, which is based on God's word. It's the vision of the kingdom of God. And so we wanted to bring those moral values to the public at a moment when Buffalo was growing, at a moment when people were divided, in a moment when we felt like people needed hope. And we know that right now. People need hope. The first letter came out in Advent because Advent is a time when people were looking to the coming of Jesus as the sign of hope. So these letters really are about reconciliation and unity, but ultimately I also believe they're about evangelism because what we're trying to do is to witness to our faith together to a moment when we believe that the message of Jesus Christ has something to say to the people of our time. Uh, yeah, I, and one of the things that comes to mind as, as I listen to, to both of you today, uh, and it's something I want to address to you, Bishop Franklin, is, um, you know, of, of, of course, you know, here at 795 Main Street especially, you know, we are uh, very aware of our Catholic identity, but one of the things we're aware of is because it's such a large population um, – of Catholics in Western New York, even to to this day, people really identify 
with that. You know, people in, you know, maybe Buffalo proper more so than some of the outlying areas of the diocese, but people who are part of the Diocese of Buffalo really identify with their faith and with being Catholic. Is it a similar way in the Episcopal Diocese? Yes. I, people do identify with their faith. I think a difference between our two churches is that a lot of people are not born Episcopalian and join our church. Okay. And, and we, we want to welcome all people. We welcome all people. But I think that I would say that our identity is, is more with the Christian faith broadly conceived. Our new presiding bishop, by the way, the head of our church, our archbishop, uh, the entire Episcopal church is from Buffalo. Oh. He was raised and he was formed on the east side of Buffalo. And he says our name is really the Jesus Movement. And the Jesus Movement is about faith in Jesus Christ and in the Lord of love. So I think that we, we, have, a, we have a Catholic side of our church, which is very strong, but we also have an evangelical side too. And we are trying to call people to loyalty to Jesus. So that's a slightly <clears throat> difference. I think that that... Though you are too, don't get me wrong. I know you're, you're Lord of Jesus, and I know you're you're evangelical too. Well, well, certainly one of the things, right, Bishop Malone, is um, you know you come to Western New York. Of course, that's one of the first things I think that you noticed, right, is the just the Catholicity of the area and the way people identify with that. But the flip side of that is right that puts a real pressure on us to be actual leaders in the very issue we're talking about, right? And what we're trying to do together is to ourselves be leaders together, collaborating in the name of the Lord Jesus, but also to call, to invite our people to that same kind of – we have a – right now we have a a wonderful collaboration that's begun, by the way, in our St. Benedict's Church here in Eggertsville Mm -hmm. and Bill, Mm -hmm. your – What's the name of that parish? Uh, St. Peter's. St. Peter's. How appropriate. <laughs> exactly. It's a beautiful thing. Right. Oh, I love it. Where, where the, uh, the clergy down there and the people have begun some wonderful projects together, the Episcopal uh, parish and the Roman Catholic parish. So these are good things. But because of our stand, uh, the African-American churches in a group called the Coalition of Concerned Clergy, all African-American, they have reached out to us as well. That's a wonderful bridge that's happened. Because of our stand, our Jewish brothers and sisters have reached out to us, our Muslim brothers and sisters. So I think we never expected that when we issued these two letters. But what has happened is I think we have been able to build these bridges to this variety of faith community to stand for common moral values, ultimately grounded in our faith in God. And I and I am I couldn't agree more with uh, my my brother here, Bill uh, Bishop Franklin, about the fact that <clears throat> the center of all this is the Lord Jesus Christ, right. and our call first of all as Christians, and then as bishops, right. uh, to to bring as as Pope Francis really recently put it, the joy of the gospel uh, out to our people in a way that embraces everybody, the joy and the hope of the gospel to to all of our people. So the work of evangelization for us as for the Episcopal Mm -hmm. Church is very, very central. We recall it was Pope Paul VI back in the 70s in that beautiful letter uh, on evangelization in our time who actually in one sentence described the mission of the church. He said the church exists in order to evangelize. And he did not mean just proclamation of the word by word, but he meant the way we live our lives in witness right. to the values of the, of the gospel. Right. 
And we share that very Absolutely. deeply. Uh, and we're going to talk about some of the ways that uh, our, our dioceses do that here in, in Western New York and in the Buffalo area. We're going to take a short break and we'll be back with uh, Bishop Malone and Bishop Franklin right after this. Make your voice heard. There are thousands of Catholic New Yorkers who are working together for justice in our society, promoting the values important to our faith. Join the Catholic Action Network and speak out in support of the poor and vulnerable, the sick and elderly, the unborn, families and children. Sign up online at nyscatholic.org and click on Join the Network. That's nyscatholic.org. For more information, call the Office of Pro-Life Activities of the Diocese of Buffalo at 716-847-2205 and visit the New York State Catholic Conference's Legislative Action Center. Read alerts on important legislative issues and email your state representative. Stay informed and strengthen the Catholic voice in New York. You'll find it all at nyscatholic.org. That's nyscatholic.org. Thanks for listening to Western New York Catholic Weekly this week. I'm Greg Prince. I'm very pleased to have in our studios today uh, two of our Western New York bishops, our own Bishop Richard Malone of the Catholic Diocese of Buffalo and uh, the Bishop of the Episcopal Diocese of Western New York, Bishop William Franklin. And we're talking uh, – in general about uh, the pastoral letters, uh, the two of them that uh, both of you released. And I want to stay on that topic of um, of the the reasons behind those, just for a, for a moment anyway. Um, one of the things, of course, we talked about was, uh, in fact, you mentioned it. I think Bishop Franklin, the you know the when you released that first letter after Ferguson, the, this kind of divided state of the country. Of course, one of the things we know about the Western New York area, um, Buffalo consistently ranked among the poorest cities in the nation. In our outlying areas that both of your dioceses serve. Um, we're basically bordering on Appalachia, known as one of traditionally as one of the poorest areas in the United States of America. So, the two of you issuing these statements and and, and trying to work together and maybe um, uh, remind us about these things, we're in kind of a almost crucial area of the country where this is especially important, right, Bishop Malone? Absolutely, there's no question about it. <clears throat> And really, that, that is the context in which our working and our friendship relationships began. Um, and I know Bishop Franklin is, is, is as delighted to be serving here in this part of the, of, of, of the country and the state as I am. But uh, we, we know we're not politicians. Um, we're not political theorists. We're not economists. But we are servants of the Lord mm-hmm. who have responsibility to bring Christ's word both his word of consolation and his word of challenge to our 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 respective communities, That's right. and we we feel that some, well sometimes we have to do that you know uh, individually with our own diocese, but we felt in these areas if we spoke strongly together and stood together, it would be a way to catch the attention of our people in a new way. And our job is to get people to think about the kinds of issues that are of such importance in this area in light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's, That's our exactly task. Right. That's what we're ordained to do. That's exactly. We talk about Buffalo renewing economically, but Buffalo is still one of the poorest cities in the United States. 44,000 of our citizens of Buffalo live before below the poverty line. Almost 100% of those are African-American. 
So there is a connection between race and poverty in our region. So we are standing together to say that it's God's will that everybody have their full potential realized, that everybody should live into this new buffalo, and that if everybody lives into the new buffalo, everybody rises. God's right about this, you know. It's kind of a no-brainer. If everybody is gaining, we're moving closer to what God's will is for God's people. So that, that in a nutshell, is what we're trying to say. And it's a message of hope. And, and the key to it, ultimately, is love. And that love is manifested in the person of Jesus Christ. So we have our model. We have our plan. We're simply trying to announce that. And we think that's what ministers of the gospel That's basically what we've done, except we've done it together. And that's what's been unusual, because we really don't think many other cities have had two bishops, Roman Catholic and Episcopal, speaking together in one voice about the message of Jesus Christ. Uh, Well, I mean, traditionally, in in some parts of the country, that has been uh, a bone of contention, right? (laughs) Like, some of our Christian brothers and sisters don't get along real well. Right? Well, and that's 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 a sad thing, but we, yeah. happily we do. Yeah, I mean, it's just you know. I, I, but in other parts of the of the country, yeah. we might not be having a conversation I, like I, this. I, I think you know? I think even that is better in most places than right. it once was. Don't that you? Well, absolutely, yeah. it, it's moving absolutely. forward. We just we're just blessed to have a particular. Yeah. And also, I, I should note that our work. Bishop Franklin and my, and my work is not just confined to ourselves. We've been invited into some other um, activities in the uh, – you might call it the more secular realm. Yeah. It's a, the seculum means in Latin, of course, the age in which we live. Mm-hmm. So I don't mean – so we've been invited into some work. We've done right. some some uh, collaboration with Mayor Brown for the city. Mm-hmm. We've worked with some uh, people in the assembly. Right. Uh, so there are a variety of things around racial equity Around uh, around questions of of poverty and all and all these things, of course, as you mentioned already, are deeply connected, and um, uh, we 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 keep praying that God's grace will continue to lead us forward. And other bishops have seen what we've done, and I think they're saying, if they can do it, why can't we? <laughs> yeah. So I think we didn't start out to create a movement. We started out. Jesus took care of that. Didn't Je- he? Absolutely, <laughs> I, I, I right. Jesus took absolutely. care of it. <laughs> We're trying to follow up on his lead. <laughs> well, okay. So uh, one of the things you mentioned, um, Bishop Franklin, is you know a method and a, and a plan, which is really towards what your second pastoral statement got to. What are some of the things that we can do as Western New Yorkers to kind of make sure that? Um, the less fortunate don't get lost in this renaissance of our area. Well, the second letter, we decided, as you as you intimate, we decided to get a little bit more practical about some of these things. The first one were, was more the principles uh, of it all. And then we said, we better, we better get going here on something that's a little more practical. So I have a copy of it right here. I will not read it. But just a few examples that we put in there that, uh, uh, that we would call upon the leaders of public and private sectors to realize, and many of them already do, we're not making judgments, to realize that they have really have the power to lead some broad changes in our community. Um, for example, providing job training and support that would create uh, 
opportunities, pools of skilled, reliable workers. We talked about that. Increasing employment opportunities for people living in poverty, people of color, refugees, people coming back to the community after incarceration, reforming the criminal justice system, all these kinds of things. Uh, but also some very practical ideas. And this was your thought, Bill, uh, inviting people to step outside the comfort zone and do simple things like trying different food, you know, of the ethnic communities, listen to unfamiliar music, uh, attend church where parishioners worship in a different language, all those kinds of things. Right. Very simple right. steps that anybody can take. One area we focused on, and I know you focus on as well in the Roman Catholic Church, is education. Uh, you are more connected to the system of Catholic schools and private education. We've been more committed to public education, but we're both saying that we have to do something about education if people are going to rise. So one practical project that grew out of our letters is something called the Eaton Summer Reading Camp that we created in our diocese in which we invite Buffalo school children to our diocesan ministry center this year to one of our parishes for five weeks and have an intensive reading program from children grades one through three. And then we had young people from all over the country, believe it or not, who came on a mission trip to Buffalo and lived at our ministry center and helped to teach and tutor these young people. And it was a marvelous thing. And we're going to do it again this summer. And we saw there's a wonderful picture of the children going home in the bus the last day, and they're all reading books. Wonderful. So that was a practical thing. Education is something we can do to make a difference in people's lives so we move toward that vision we're talking about. And that's what I think we're both dedicated, taking those steps so that God's dream can be realized. Now, we could probably do a whole other program. Unfortunately, we're down to the end of our time here today. We could, you know, we could, uh, we certainly have, a, a, you know, enough to talk about. Uh, before we go, though, maybe each of you would like to give just a little word of encouragement to uh, the folks here in, in Western New York. What message would you like to, to leave them with? Bishop Franklin? Well, I think... We, I feel hope in that we have been so supported What, what in our work. I, I think we've both been surprised that our two letters got such a positive response and that the leaders of the community are turning to us to bring our values and to really speak to these issues. So we could not have imagined, I think, a better response than we've gotten from both our people and the leaders of Western New York. Yes, that's that's well said. And, of course, uh, the politicians are the ones who have to figure out the, st the strategic ways to make these things happen or to set up the conditions for possibility for positive change. But they they want and ask for our voice uh, to, in to state the moral imperative that all of us as brothers and sisters in the human race mm -hmm. and in particular as Christians have an obligation to do this work in the name of the Lord for the sake of God's people. Yep. Absolutely. I'm glad we could spend some time today. I'm sure we'll be hearing from uh, both of you, uh, particularly on this program in the in the future as we go forward. Bishop R. William Franklin, who is the Bishop of the Episcopal Diocese of Western New York, and Bishop Richard J. Malone, who is Bishop of the Catholic Diocese of Buffalo. Thank you both for being with us today. You're welcome. I think you, you just you just invited us back for another yes, time, yes, I think. We'll, we'll, we'll be here. I like how I snuck that in there. So, yeah, we'll do this we'll again. We'll do it. Thank you, Greg. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you very uh, much. As always, if you want to hear a program 
program again, you can go to uh, buffalodiocese.org, look under news, and uh, you'll find the radio page. Our podcasts are there as well as links to the topics that we talk about here on the program. So we'll uh, we'll link to our friends at the Episcopal Diocese of Western New York. And you can go to our diocesan well. website, uh, episcopaldioceseofwesternnewyork.com. There we go. And buffalodiocese.org is ours. I'm Greg Prince. I'll be back with you next week. Make your voice heard. There are thousands of Catholic New Yorkers who are working together for justice in our society, promoting the values important to our faith. Join the Catholic Action Network and speak out in support of the poor and vulnerable, the sick and elderly, the unborn, families and children. Sign up online at nyscatholic.org and click on Join the Network. That's nyscatholic.org. For more information, call the Office of Pro-Life Activities of the Diocese of Buffalo at 716-847-2205 and visit the New York State Catholic Conference's Legislative Action Center. Read alerts on important legislative issues and email your state representative. Stay informed and strengthen the Catholic voice in New York. You'll find it all at nyscatholic.org. That's nyscatholic.org. You've been listening to Western New York Catholic Weekly, produced by the Office of Communications for the Catholic Diocese of Buffalo, with the help of the Catholic Communication Campaign and this radio station. If you have a comment about this week's program or need more information about anything you hear on Western New York Catholic Weekly, call us at 847-8744 or send us an email to radio at buffalodiocese.org. Our email address again is radio at buffalodiocese.org or call 847-8744. You can visit the Western New York Catholic and the Diocese of Buffalo online at buffalodiocese.org. And be sure to join Greg Prince again next week for Western New York Catholic Weekly.